0: Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. So good morning everyone and uh, welcome to FBC Gather Online from the comfort of your own home or garden. And it's also Father's Day so we just want to give a great thanks and remembrance to those fathers everywhere and also to those who do the job of father in so many other ways and nations as well. So, uh... If this is your first FBC gather live, you are very welcome. Thank you for joining us. And the team that make this happen is a small team, but a very important team. And so I'd like to give a big shout out right at the beginning of us joining together, Uh, for Ruth Scott with the Powerhouse, uh, some various other people who lead the sung worship. I'd like to say thank you to Amy, to Nathan, uh, but also to Jamie Scott, who right now is at the back of this uh, sanctuary. And uh, he's really the tech genius behind it all. And so we just want to thank the team right at the beginning, because uh, we all know that this is a great way of connecting. Uh, I think this is the 13th time that we've connected, FBC Gather Live. So that's 13 weeks. And it's been really important in this season for us to find fellowship. And uh, these are the days of the new normal. So I guess we're finding fellowship in so many other ways. But we just want to say that even though this is lockdown, uh, we know that the church is active. And we've had so many stories. Uh, We can read them on social media as well, how the church is really active and praying and just finding new ways of connecting. So even though it's been a time of lockdown, the church is active. And God is on the move. So be encouraged in that, that our faith is still courageous. Our, our message is still strong. And uh, we'd just like to give you right at the beginning of this morning an audio clip from our very own Grace, which just supports just how good and faithful our God is during this time. His Grace.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Grace. I hope you're all well. I'd like to share with you my testimony of what God has been doing at my workplace. Some of you are aware I look after an elderly couple. Before I joined them, the family had been praying that God would send someone who is a believer. And that was me. On the 6th of April, John had a stroke, which affected his left hand. And I didn't have the courage even to pray for him. But on the 10th, after he did this, I took courage and asked him if I could pray for him and he said yes. So I lay my hands on his left shoulder and I prayed for him. And the next morning when he woke up, he was able to hold his frame with both hands firmly. John's condition did not improve. He continued to deteriorate. On the 15th of May, during my time of devotion in the morning, I felt the Lord say, today is the day that you need to share with him or else you will never have another opportunity. When I went into his room, John wasn't looking too good. So I asked the other carer, who is also a believer, to call the GP to see if he would come and visit. So whilst all this was happening, and I was waiting for the ambulance as well to, to come, I went straight into his room and I said, John, I need to share with you something. And he said, go on. And I said, John, do you believe in Jesus Christ? It's your Lord and personal Savior. And he said, yes, grace, I do. And he started crying. That brought tears to my eyes. And I just called the other carer to come in. He's also a believer. I said, can we pray for John? He has accepted Jesus as Lord and personal Savior. So we prayed for him, got him ready. After two hours, and they went to the hospital. Sadly, John did not make it. He passed away on the 10th. June. But I just want to give God the glory for the privilege, for the opportunity, for the enablement, for the boldness that he gave me to be able to speak with him about the love of Jesus Christ. I just want to encourage myself and everyone else who is listening that it's not so difficult. There is nothing to lose. We just have to go for it and share the gospel of Jesus Christ.
2: Good morning, everybody. My name is Martin. I'm one of the elders of FBC Church. Uh, Thanks to everyone involved um, in the service this morning. Uh, Thank you, Sue, for hosting this morning. Uh, Sue is one of the uh, FBC elders also, so thanks to Sue. Um, I'm sharing from uh, Chapter 4 of Philippians, but before I do, during my studies that I've been doing to prepare this word, in other words, I have come to appreciate the life of the Apostle Paul. And I just want to make a little mention this morning uh, and honor this brother in Christ for the life that he led. If anyone could say, I've been there, I've done that, and I've got the t shirt, it's the Apostle Paul. Bless his lovely heart. I want to read from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, reading from 24 to 28. And it starts, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, Danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil, in hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. This is Paul. Paul. writer to the philippians this is the same paul that wrote 13 books of the 27 books of the new testament this is paul a champion of the new testament and we thank you father for him we thank you for his life and his testimony and we just want to say to you we appreciate him thank you so paul was writing to the philippian church because of his love and out of appreciation of their support for his ministry. They had a special place in Paul's heart and were one of his favourite churches. It's interesting to note that out of all the books of the Bible, the most joyful are the prison epistles, the letters to the Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and Philemon. They were all written while Paul was a prisoner. In Rome. Paul's letter to the Philippians is a letter that is saturated with joy. 16 times joy is mentioned in its four chapters. He's writing to the church as a Roman prisoner, shackled to Roman guards. His future is uncertain. It's important for us to understand here that Roman prisons were not like the prisons of today. Today's prisons are for criminals to serve out their sentences. The years to be served determined by a judge. Roman prisons, however, only served as holding places. You were either freed from prison or you were condemned to die. Because of his circumstances of imprisonment, Paul shares with the saints in the beginning of Philippians his personal concerns. For he writes, If I am to live in the flesh... That means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose I cannot tell. I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Paul wasn't writing this letter sitting in a Roman cafe, sipping sipping copious amounts of coffee. He was living in a time of personal uncertainty, not knowing if he even had a future. So let's take a look at Philippians chapter 4. I'm, gonna, I'm going to concentrate upon the verses 4 and 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Joy can be one of the hardest human emotions to explain. Sometimes joy is confused with happiness. Happiness is often determined by the things that happen to us or around us. Many of us might choose fame, wealth or even love. And these things can bring temporary happiness to our lives. However, if we gain the greatest fortune, become hugely successful or even find that love of our life, we will still be wanting more because it's simply human nature. But in Philippians, we see a different pathway to joy that's not human. What brings joy to Paul is not about being happy and having nice fuzzy feelings. The joy that Paul is talking about does not come from the external, but internal, from within. It's listed in Galatians as one of the fruits of the Spirit, as is peace, which clearly indicates that God is the source who produces this joy in us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and protector of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of God? Joy is rooted in our relationship with Christ and flows out of us. And as we grow to become more like Jesus, one of the ways that we can grow and become more like Jesus is by applying his word to our lives. For example, James chapter 1.22 commands us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We ask God for the ability to be more like Christ, learn more about Christ, and then apply what we learn in serving others. Another example is through the encouragement of one another. Hebrew says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. When we look for ways to stir up and encourage each other, it also helps us in our journey to becoming Christ-like. So after Paul's commandment to rejoice or be joyful, in verse 5, Paul says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Christians are not to be seen as easily angered or foolish, but people who can handle difficulties with maturity. In a word, it's how we treat other people. This word reasonableness comes from the Greek word epiikes. It's one of those words that is richer in meaning than any single English word can fully convey. So, reasonableness could include a variety of words, but meaning the same thing. For example, softness, moderation, gentleness, friendliness, mercy, and the list continues. The English word that best describes reasonableness in its fullest meaning is the word graciousness, or more simply, grace. And how many times do we read the word grace in the New Testament? Everything is through the grace of God. Graciousness is more simply grace. The opposite to graciousness is contentiousness. For example, anger, arguments, being quarrelsome, and so on. Reasonableness means that you learn to accept less than you think you deserve. It doesn't mean being a complete wet fish, but rather it's simply keeping yourself in the background and not drawing attention to yourself. This is from an article written by Stanley Carvel, written some years ago. It's about a report from the New England Pipe Cleaning Company in Watertown, Connecticut. It reads, the company's three-man crew was digging 25 feet beneath the historic streets of Rivere, Massachusetts, in order to clean a clogged 10-inch sewer line. In addition to the usual mess they expected to find, the three men ended up unearthing 61 rings, several old vintage coins, and even several pieces of valuable silverware, all of which they were allowed to keep. Carvel draws the moral of the story writing whether it's a pipe or people if you put up with some mess sometimes you find real treasure. We could translate that analogy back into what Paul is saying to the Philippians in verse 5 this way. When you're in the middle of a mess you become real treasure, the valuable vintage coin. You become sterling silver. Like Mr. Dwight Moody in the barber shop, we can be in a place or a situation where we leave the fragrance of the graciousness of God with others. Reasonableness, graciousness. Another example of reasonableness and graciousness is given in John chapter 8, verse 3 the woman caught in adultery. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground, Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. The law said, Stone her. The scribes and the Pharisees wanted to kill her. But Jesus gave her life. Again, we may know what the Word says, but knowing the right word to use in the right way, that's proof of being reasonable or gracious. Just as in every circumstances there is a right response and there is a right thought we are to hold. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. At the end of verse 5, Paul says, The Lord is at hand. At the heart of the good news of Jesus is the announcement that God is near. God is not a distant, aloof deity requiring sacrifice before he draws close to sinful humanity. In Christ, God has come close. In the best of times, the Lord is with us. In the worst of times... The Lord is still with us. In every changing circumstances of life, in all seasons of life, he is a friend at all times. He is not only present when the sun shines, he is there when the tempest rages and it blows a hurricane. It makes no difference to the Lord Jesus. He is here. Paul is writing this letter to the saints in Philippi, because he knew the church could face the prospect of persecution, of losing their homes, their livelihoods, or even being put into prison. He wanted to encourage them to continue to keep their focus on Christ, because Christ never changes. No matter what the circumstances may be, he is still at hand. He is just a prayer away. Do not be anxious about anything, Paul goes on to say in verse 6, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We all know what destroys our joy, it's worry, being anxious. Anxiety is related to a word that means to divide, to rip, to tear apart, Hope pulls us in one direction, but fears and worries pulls us in the opposite direction. Joy builds us up. Anxiety, worry, breaks us down. This is part of a quote written by an elderly theologian regarding the work of anxiety. All of us, brothers, know by experience the power of worldly anxieties, of one kind or another, to weaken our spiritual energies, to diminish our spiritual enjoyment. We go to pray, and when our thoughts and desires ascend to God, these anxieties call them down and drag them another way. We go to hear the word of God, and these anxieties, like the birds of the air in the parable, pick up the good seed before it reaches the ground someone else has said, regarding anxiety. Stubborn anxieties work like petty thieves in the dark corners of our thoughts as they pick-pocket our peace and kidnap our joy. Paul isn't literally saying that as Christians we would never be anxious or fearful. Of course we will. We can find reasons to be anxious anywhere and everywhere. Anxiety is actually an inside job and it takes more than good intentions to get victory. So it takes more than good intentions, just how do we stop worrying? Paul reveals the key to this in verse 6. But in everything, whether it's a big problem or a small problem, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god paul begins by saying don't worry about anything but ends with a positive pray about everything praying is like a child's conversation with a parent it's natural for a child to ask their parent for their help and to ask for the things they need whether it's big or small. Psalm ninety one fourteen says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. I think the message here is clear. God will answer and draw near to us as we come to him in prayer. Prayer is like Christian therapy. It's the way to spiritual health. It gives us peace of mind in our moments of anxiety and worry. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Most of Paul's letters began with the words grace and peace, to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God is a God of peace. The kingdom of heaven is a place of peace. The closer we draw to God in prayer, the more of his peace we can enjoy. So when we pray in our moments of trouble or need, The peace of God will be our guard and protector, bringing the peace of Christ once more to rule in our hearts and to keep us safe. To end this morning, I want to leave you with the lyrics of a song written by a Christian lady. Here is her testimony in her own own words. She says this. I have a husband and four children to care for and have been through great uncertainty regarding my health, which has involved major surgeries and treatment. So naturally I've been severely tempted to become anxious many times, feeling as though I'm teetering on the edge of the abyss, with a host of thoughts of anxiety and despair trying to suck me down. If only I had my strength, then despairing thoughts would have long since consumed me. But I have received help. I have received true, genuine help in my childlike, simple faith in God's word. There are two Bible passages that I have clung to, sometimes hanging on to the edge of my fingernails. And these words have held me up and continue to sustain me. The first is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the second is where we are basing the message on this morning. Rejoice in the Lord and minds in Christ Jesus. She goes on to say, instead of wasting thoughts on being anxious, I can fill my mind with good thoughts that can lead to good, positive actions. I can work actively with my thoughts and ask God for help. In this way, life is good. And these are the words to her song. In God's safe hand... I always rest secure. In God's safe hand, I have no cause to fear. He leads me to where peaceful waters flow. With care he shows me where green pastures grow. And if my path through valleys dark should lead me, I will not fear his staff brings comfort to me. My cup runs over, he with blessing fills me. He gives me strength, his mercies ever new. With thankful heart to God, bring all you need. In his good time from trials, you'll be freed. The peace of God, more than we understand, will through Jesus Christ, God, our heart and mind. Do not be anxious. In this world, there's nothing that's worth exchanging for our faith in him. The Lord is near. By faith I understand it. Rejoice in him. Each day with this begin. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are just a prayer away. And it's up to us, Father, to invite you into our world, into our day. It's up to us, Lord, to bring you into our concerns and our anxieties. And it's in you, Father, that we can find rest and peace. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the work of the cross. We thank you that we can step into your presence at any time of the day because of the blood of Jesus. And Father, when we're feeling anxious and when we're feeling troubled and we don't understand why we're feeling these feelings, we can step into your presence and talk to you as a father, knowing that you will hear us, that you will bring the kingdom of peace upon us. We thank you that in your kingdom there is love, there is joy, and there is peace. And we can experience that kingdom because you have planted your seed in us. So Father, we give you this day. And if any of us are troubled or anxious, I pray this morning that there would be an answer to their prayers, that they would know the peace of God again. Father, in Jesus' name, let your will be done. And everyone said, Amen.